But listen, I want to talk today primarily from my heart. I have been on a prayer journey. Uh, We have been through quite a season as a community who absolutely agrees. What a season, what a challenge. Uh, I want to thank you for your encouragement. Uh, There has been people that continue to pray for us as a community, me as a leader. And I want to thank uh, the community uh, for sticking with it. We have got a mission that we have to walk on. We've got dreams uh, in our hearts, in your life that God has not fulfilled yet, that He will. But if you don't stop, you win. Now we know, and I I want you as a community member of this church to to try and remember our vision. This is Vision Sunday, but really Vision Sunday is when I set the theme for the year. But the actual vision of our church doesn't change. It is to restore, raise up and release. That means to see people come into a right standing relationship with Jesus Christ. See them raised up in the house and within the community and then released into the call of God for their life. This community doesn't exist just to build a name for Uni Hill Church. We are to come together as the body of Christ and encourage one another to go after the call of God that He has for your life. We as a community are to encourage one another. So we are here to underpin and support and love you. But I like to set a theme every year. And the theme for this year, I'm going to speak into it. uh, And I believe that if you get a hold of what we're trying to do this year, it's not only going to help you endure and persevere through this season, but it's actually going to help you for the rest of your life. It isn't just about survival. That's not what God wants. God doesn't want you just to survive. He came to give you life and life more abundantly. He wants you to thrive. He wants you to walk confidently and boldly. And I will say it, it, life will be hard, but still successfully. And we need to walk in it. Strong will be the theme for this year. But there are going to be some statements that I make this morning that I believe are going to be things that we will preach into, things that we will try and lift the value of in your life to help you walk in the call that God has for you. So Father, we thank You for today. Pray that You would bless Your people. I pray that You would use me, Father. Let Your words cut through in Jesus' Name. And everybody said, Amen Amen. and Amen. Now, I know you can't tell by looking at me, but I'm going to talk about camping and going to the gym. Is that a surprise to anybody? I mean, is it a surprise, you know, with the arm, someone raised their hand? Liar. Now, I know you can't tell, uh, but I like exercising. Um, I I really do. It actually is something that brings great joy to my life. It's the hobby uh, that I enjoy. And we went away uh, this Christmas. Uh, We ended up uh, landing in Geelong for a period of time, uh, like I've shared, and then recently we went to Eden. And what happened is April, who also loves to exercise, she was prepared. She had organised a program and took some weights. I said, I'm not taking weights. Pulling a caravan, that's going to weigh down the car. I'm thinking, why would you take weight? Like, can I, because am I wrong there? I was like, hey, you know, fuel efficiency, get everything proportioned well in the caravan, set everything really nice, and then let's take weight. I'm like, if you bring in the weight, we're leaving a child. That's the thing, you pick. We pick, you know what I mean? I would say, you know, I'd go with Jai. You know, he's the least weaker, you know, he's a stick figure. 
you know, so you can take a small amount of weight. But instead of me, I got told that if you use these bands effectively, they're actually quite helpful. You can do a lot of stuff with them. Like you can step inside them. You can do shoulder raises and, and, and arm things. And so I took this, but no joke. This is what would happen. I'd end up in the caravan and I'd end up lying on the ground with the, the band over me on my phone. <laughs> so, you know, and then someone would come in and I'd go, oh, yeah, um, you know, I'd start pulling at things and then they'd leave and I'd be back down on the thing and I'd be scrolling and this would be my, my exercise. So what happened is I got home. Now, between Christmas time, between the, the holiday, it had been about five weeks before I had actually effectively exercised size where it actually had done something uh, to, to build strength. So I, I have at our, our place, we, we have on, on the wall uh, the programs um, that April likes to do. And every day uh, she gets great joy in ticking off the day. So I thought, well, if it's good for you, it'll be good for me. So I put a program on the wall that I do not use. But it's on the wall and I tick it. Doesn't mean I've done anything. But I've given it a tick because you're ticking, I'm ticking. We look the same, but you've actually grown in strength. So what I did before we were leaving, you know, as every young man tries to do at some point in his life, is he tries to see what his maximum bench press is. Give me a wave if you've been there. Every guy has been at the gym and, and 50% of them are now awaiting hemorrhoid surgery. But what happens is, what happens is you try and do your, your maximum. And, and for me, I had written a particular, particular um, number on, on the wall. I won't tell you it because everyone will be intimidated by the number that I'd put on the wall. It was huge. I'm lying. But anyway, what happened? Five weeks had gone by. And I attempted that same weight. Now, what happens is you can buy these safety bars now. <laughs> Praise the Lord for safety bars. You would not have a pasta anymore. I had decreased in only five weeks because what had happened is I, I had the intent and I had the desire to exercise, but because it wasn't done in the right form, because I had not done it with the same passion and ability and access, I had become weaker. I was not where I once was. As I pray for you as a community, as I pray for you online, I think about the value of coming together. Thank you for being in the room this morning. But I would say this, that over the last two years, there has been such dis, uh, uh, inconsistent community. There's been counselling. There's been a point where all of a sudden we have got to this place where now life is opening up, but we don't have the strength we used to. How many people who, who are in community here today who all of a sudden think, hey, you know what, I might give myself a little snap lockdown, I'm tired. <laughs> I don't have the same capacity for some reason that I used to. And now it's causing me anxiety, it's causing me fear because I don't know whether I can get back to the same level I once functioned at because I've had two years where my strength, my consistency with community, my devotional life, 
has maybe come a little bit weaker because I haven't had full access to what I've normally had. You know, I have all the equipment at home. You know, I think the more equipment you buy, the more likely you are to use it. Not working yet, but it will. But what happens is I had access to it. So I know that as I engage with it, become consistent, keep striving, I will build strength. But in the season, when we think about church, you know, when we think about our society, we have not been able to gather and we've become tired because we are not where we once were. Whether you've been through the last few years and you're full of disappointment, maybe you're full of hurt, maybe you're apathetic, you don't really care, whatever. The consensus that I see through community and in people's lives is that we're tired. And as I prayed and I sought the Lord, I said, Father, how do I lead our community? I'm a little bit tired myself. Father, how do we continue to step out in faith? How do we continue to grow? We're not where we once were. We're not where we used to be. Father, how do we keep moving forward? And I have, I have, I've never heard the Lord's voice so clearly. He said to me, I will strengthen my people. I will strengthen my people. Do you know that there, there may be a season in a, that we've walked through where we may have become tired and we may have become weak, but God is still God. He still works all things for good. And I want to declare over you today that God is going to strengthen His people. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's stand for a minute. We're going to pray that in and then I'm going to give you some principles. Father, right now in the Name of Jesus, could we pray, church? Father, right now we ask that this year You would strengthen Your people. Father, it's not just for the strength of a local church, but it is the strength of for the mission You are giving us, Father. And our mission calls us into the workplace. Our mission calls us to our family. Our mission calls us to sporting clubs. Our mission calls us to church. But our desire is that we are strengthened for Your mission. And in Jesus' Name, everybody said boldly, Amen. Amen. Sit down. Joy, that was the best Amen. I heard you. Joy, you're such a woman of God. You've never been weak one minute in your life. (laughs) Hallelujah. So I felt the Lord give me three statements. Now, these three statements will form what I believe are the... I'm just... The OCD's killing me. I'm going to move this into the middle. (laughs) Who else was noticing that? Give me a wave. My people, my people, my people. (laughs) And it's actually better light-wise too. I was thinking, why is it so... Now I'm all right. Three statements. You apply this to your life. If we can do this together, I believe that we're going to go from strength to strength. Amen. Amen. Who wants God to strengthen their life today? Who needs God to strengthen their life? Amen. Amen. Johnny, if you go and get that that rope. Geordie, if you go and give him an assist, that would be good.
Here's the first statement I felt the Lord give me. You can bring that up, please, Rach. You are strong because you wait. In Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28 to 31, I wanna read this to you. If you've got your Bibles, you can, you can look it up. But it says this, Do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord, the everlasting God, the Creator of the heavens and uh, uh, the Creator of the ends of the earth, He will not grow tired or weary. And His understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall, but those who wait. In other translations, hope. In other translations, trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. This Scripture here in context is that the Israelites are once again in exile and God is saying, I haven't forgotten about you. I know that journeys that you have to go on are not going to be easy. But those who wait on the Lord renew their strength. What's the active ingredient? It's the waiting. We're going to do a series in how to wait effectively on the Lord in order to see that happening in our lives this year. That's going to be one of the stepping stones. We are going to learn how to wait. But can I talk to you a little moment about what the actual, the word waiting means? I want want you guys to understand, those who wait on the Lord renew their strength. I want to eliminate this picture in your mind from the get-go. It's not you sitting around with your hands righteously in front of you, waiting for the Lord to pour in His strength. That's not what this is painting. This is not what it is saying. Now, it is important to have rest before the God, stillness before our God, allowing the Holy Spirit to speak quietly and that we've quieted our souls to the point that we can hear Him. But the word wait in the original language here it is painting a very, very different picture that we need, we need to take a hold of. The original word is kawah. Now it has a primitive root, which I didn't understand initially. It's this, it's this, to bind together. So initially it says maybe even something perhaps twisting. I'm like, I've never seen on Blue Letter Bible as that, but perhaps it's twisting. I'm like, all right, how do you get from twisting to waiting? Are there any theologians in the room? You're amazing because I had no idea what that meant. So I went, well, what else are you giving me? Tell me, come on, let me scroll down. And then it said the frigative one or the uh, figuratively. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Put the glasses on, look smarter. It says to wait with expectation. To wait with expectation. What happens is I'm taking steps of faith while I'm waiting. I'm moving in faith, expecting that, that when God moves, I'm going to be ready. But I wanted, to, I wanted to explain as I prayed into this original Word and, and, and I began to think, what does it mean to come together and maybe twisting? I felt the Lord show me this. So if this, this rope represents God's strength, in your life. And a lot of us are holding it 
with one hand. We're holding it and we're walking along thinking, I'm relying on the Lord's strength. And, and then all of a sudden, uh, when the world pulls on you, what happens is you, you drop God, you got to let go of God's strength. You, you're like, oh, I didn't have, have the grip. So, so, so you grab it and, you, and you're walking along and, and, and this is, this, I'm waiting on God and I'm, I'm trying to, you know, do my thing here. And then all of a sudden the world pulls on you and you need, and all of a sudden I'm tired. But when the Scripture here is talking about those who wait on the Lord, it talks about interweaving. So what actually you need to do is when you've got God's strength, you need to, you know, throw it over your shoulder, under your arm, you're intertwining. Now, what will happen is, as long as I don't choke myself out, we'll be. But what happens now is when the world pulls on you, it won't move because what's happened is God's strength is now interwoven and intertwined in who you are. There are too many people that have not taken God's strength because it's not about your strength. That Scripture actually is saying that you take on new strength. The new strength is God's strength that is interwoven and interweaved through and in your life. I don't want our church to go through a season and we're just... We're holding on to God's strength like this. That's not going to be who we are. We're going we're to make sure that every step of the way, every way we can in the Spirit, there's just so much going on that, that as soon as you, you can't separate God's strength from who I am. It's so interwoven with my life because what happens is when things get hard, because I'm waiting with expectation, it's like, I don't, I don't quite get it, Lord, but I just in faith, I'm just going to keep stepping in and stepping through. And to the point you can't actually move without God's strength releasing you to do so. We've got to wait on the Lord. Are you tired the question that I would ask based upon the Scripture would be, thanks, John, thanks, Geordie, would be, are you waiting on the Lord effectively? Because those who wait on the Lord, they take on His strength. And if God is going to strengthen His people, it is because us as a community together, we're going to learn how to wait on the Lord. We're going to learn to wait on the Lord. How, how do you do that? I, I believe that there are a few different things that we need to be doing. Preparation is a big one. You've got to prepare that God will strengthen you even before it comes upon you. Hey, you know what? This, this season ahead is looking tough. So I'm going to line up my prayer life now. I'm going to get solid with my devotions now. I'm going to start believing and setting things up so that I can be disciplined in my waiting on God. So when that strength is required, it's not pulled out of my hand, but rather it's interwoven into who I am because I take on strength. I take on a new strength. It's God's strength. I think we need to learn this year uh, to prepare. For some people, that's going to mean this year that you need to prepare financially. For some people, you're going to need to prepare with your health. For some people, you need to prepare with your relationships. For some people, God is going to strengthen you when you begin to interweave His strength into the situations you need Him to move in. But it's a preparation. It's a waiting with expectation. It's not God. I'm waiting for you to help me with my children. 
It's, you know what, Lord, I'm setting up the relationship now. I'm pursuing them now. And you've got to strengthen me when it's not received. You've got to strengthen me when they're not uh, showing any emotional input back to me. So that, Father, I'm believing you're going to help me. And I'm taking steps of faith now. I'm waiting on you. Those who wait on the Lord renew their strength. Waiting takes persistence. We know in Scripture, I don't want to go too far today because I want us to, to unfold it during the year. But persistence is important. Keep praying, keep asking, keep believing. And I believe we need God's presence. We need God's presence. If you are a part of Unihill Church, I want to encourage you to join our conference at the end of February. We're literally making the effort so that we can be at the feet of Jesus together. I felt the Lord say that often what happens is you can have things that are consistent, but you can also have intensives. There's going to be an intensive moment in our church. There's going to be a Friday night meeting, Saturday morning, Saturday night, Sunday morning. Could you give one weekend? I want this just to be for our church people. I'm not inviting other churches. I'm not inviting other people. What I am doing is I am asking God, we as a community together are waiting on you with expectation. We're doing it now. We're not going to get to that moment where we're dry. We're not going to get to that moment where we're tired. We are going to commit this year to waiting on God so that we can be renewed by His strength. Let's be in the room. Let's be in the room. Now, I say this transparently. If you can't afford the money, that doesn't matter. You tell me and you come for free. But the reason why, like April has said, is we are charging in order so that we can be in the room. Outsourcing actually costs more. And that's all we're doing. We're outsourcing the catering. We're outsourcing the kids. We're outsourcing everything. So we can wait on the Lord together. And I want to declare there are going to be moments in this room where the windows of heaven are going to open and we're going to hear, we're going to hear such beautiful worship in this place. And it's going to stir something in us that goes, oh, I think I've been waiting on the wrong thing. And there's going to be an alignment that happens in your life that makes your passion and your waiting totally be focused on the Lord. Those who wait on the Lord, renew their strength. You will be strong because you'll learn to wait. I've had the Lord say to me this, you'll be strong because you'll learn to endure. If you want to flick over to Psalm 84, it says this, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on your pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs and the autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appear before God in Zion. In Psalm 84, what this is painting a picture of in the Old Testament, God's presence was in the temple in Jerusalem. So they would go on a journey to be in God's presence. And this is what the picture is painting. 
We, when we left to go on holidays, we left at 4.30 in the morning. You know why? Because kids are asleep during that period of time. And I like to get in the car and I like to go. I don't know if anybody's like that. You know what I mean? It's like something internally switches and you're like, I want efficiency. I want to get there the quickest possible time. And this is me. We leave at 4.30 in the morning. We'd leave earlier. I'm excited. I can't sleep anyway. Let's just get in the car. So we get in the car and we drive. We get to breakfast. That's the first break. The kids eat. We make sure that they go to the loo because, you know, as a father, I say to them, you go now because we aren't stopping. Every dad's like, my man, that's what I say. And then we get on the car and we drive. And then we stop at a petrol station that isn't manned. And the toilet is only stainless steel. And I made everyone in the household sanitise their backside. (laughs) I'm like, everyone have a pump? Rub it on your legs. I'm not joking. And then we push on. And then we drive and then we get to the next destination, missing the petrol station. At that point, I panic. April panics. The GPS isn't working. We're in the middle of nowhere. We've got about 50 k's left. Find another petrol station. Relief. I buy a jerry can for emergencies. (laughs) I feel the jerry can isn't big enough. I buy a second jerry can for emergencies. (laughs) We push on. The fatigue begins to set in. All of a sudden, that seat isn't as comfortable as it was. The kid's annoying factor has gone up 50%. I'm slightly thirsty. I feel like, is the aircon still working? I'm flustered here. And then all of a sudden, it's like we pull around a, 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 a corner and then I see the ocean. And the ocean means we're almost there. And then I go from tired to excited. And what's happened is the longer I've endured, the stronger I've become Because where I wanted to be is approaching. When they're saying in this Scripture, they go from strength to strength, what they're saying is as they go on the pilgrimage, it's hard and it takes work and it takes time. But then when they get closer to the presence of God, they go from strength to strength because they are excited about being where God wants them to be in His presence. If you endure, you get stronger. doesn't mean that the journey isn't difficult. That says there that they go through the valley of Baca. And it says that, that, that what that actually means is the valley of weeping. And it talks about how on that journey, there's beautiful things that happen and, and there's amazing, you know, there's water and it's vibrant. And, but the valley of weeping. And I began to think about, Geordie, I don't know if that picture is going to be there. I forgot to let Rachel know. Rachel, on there is going to be that. Well done. That's exactly what I was after. That's why you're on every department in the church, Rachel, because she does everything. Can we give Rachel a hand real quick? All right, one sec. Let's give her a hand for serving in the kids team. Let's give her a hand for serving in the youth team. She's on the media today. First aid. One box. Coffee. All right, that's enough. You need to like get some balance back in your life. That's, um, 
no one is called to that much. You need to, um, you're amazing. We honour you. Anyway, back to this. So, valley of weeping. Father Lord, say to me, over the last two years, there have been people that as you've journeyed, you've ended up in the valley of weeping. But this is the problem. You've made it to the valley of weeping and you've stopped moving forward. The only way to move through this valley is one foot in front of the other. So when they were on their pilgrimage to be in God's presence, it says that they had to endure the valley of weeping, but they went from strength to strength as they endured through it. There are so many people that have landed in difficult situations in the last couple of years and you've decided by no fault of your own and not realising to stay there. This is what Spurgeon writes. They go from strength to strength. So far from being weathered or wearied, they gather strength as they proceed. Each individual becomes happier. Each company becomes more numerous. Each holy song more sweet and full. We grow as we advance if heaven is our goal. If we spend our strength in God's ways, we shall find increase. There are people in our community. There are people in the community abroad, out there and in every direction that have landed in the valley of weeping and they're not moving forward anymore. But you will be different because God will teach you to endure. Keep putting one foot in front of the other, enduring. And as you endure, what happens is you arrive at that picture that is the beach. You arrive that as that picture that is God's presence and where He wants you to be. And when you arrive in that place, the journey doesn't feel as hard as what it was because you have arrived where God wants you to be. Just keep moving forward. Just one foot in front of the other and you will go from strength to strength. We're going to teach on endurance this year. And I thought of the, the final statement that the Lord gave me is you will be strong because you have authority. Dan, if you want to join you will be strong because you, everyone in this room say me, because of the blood of Jesus and your relationship with Him, you have authority. It says this in Luke chapter 10, verse 19, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. I have given you authority to overcome all the power of the enemy. Because of Jesus, we have authority. And I feel that in this season, for some reason, some, some Christians have forgotten we have authority. 
I remember when I was a young man, I was eight years old and my auntie was giving her life to the Lord and my dad was praying for her at the dinner table and we were gathered to join with her in this significant eternity changing moment. And as she prayed, she'd had a tough life. She'd been around some things. She began to manifest. And I remember being in an environment that was so full on that my brother and my sister and my cousins, they fled and they ran. My mum took off to care for them. But I didn't move because I looked at my dad. As my dad prayed, as he was, as he was leading uh, my auntie into the arms of Jesus, when she began to manifest, he didn't run. He stood up from his chair. He lifted his voice and he claimed the authority that he has in the name of Jesus. I feel that during this season, the enemy has conditioned Christians to just absorb anxiety, absorb fear, absorb worry and do nothing about it. I've got a picture of many, many people. I've had conversations, people this lie in bed and, and their mind is attacked and attacked and, and they just absorb it. That is not what we're to do. You need to rise up. You need to step out. You need to say in the Name of Jesus, I rebuke you, fear. When I was a young man, I was eight years old. No, 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 we weren't eight. I was younger. I would have been six or seven. Eight, we were living in Melbourne. We're in Geelong. And I went to a church. And as a young man, my claim to fame and my evangelism tool was come to church. Gary Ablett comes to our church. And um, for those of you who don't know who he is, I'm sure most of you would, in the late 80s, early 90s, he's one of the greatest football players of all time. And he loved Jesus and he was on the drums at our church. And I remember one day seeing these young people. They looked pretty cool. I thought I'll impress them with Gary. So I approached him and I said, Hey, do you know that Gary Ablett comes to this church? You know, Gary Abel. I, I, I almost know him. One time he stared at me walking past. I'm like, hey, Gary. Our pastor who lead the congregation called him Joe. Who calls Gary Ablett Joe? That's, that's like the greatest upper hand move I've ever seen in my life. Call a superstar at the time the wrong name. Anyway, side point. So what happened? I go up to these young guys. And I say to him, Gary Ablett goes to this church and the young man looks at me and he goes, do you know who I am? <laughs> no. What kind of statement is that? Do you know who I am? No. He goes, that's my dad. It was Gary Ablett Jr. And do you know what I said to Gary Ablett Jr.? No, it's not. And he goes up to his father to prove it to me, gives him a hug and a punch in the stomach. He says, I love you, Dad. Do you know who I am? You know, in the Scripture, we need to understand with authority, it comes through relationship. And I wanna share with you a Scripture. And it says this in, second, in Galatians chapter 3, 26 to 29. So in Christ, you are all children 
of God through faith. Children of God through faith. For all of you were baptised into Christ and have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, there neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. What that talks about is with salvation, we're all on the same level playing field. Because of Jesus, we all are on the same playing field. It says this, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So in Christ, you are all children of God through faith. Children of God through faith. I go up to Gary Ablett Jr. say, do you know who goes here? He says to me, that's my dad. Do you know who I am? You are children of God through faith. When anxiety comes to you, you need to say back to it, do you know who I am? When worry comes upon you, you need to say to that worry, do you know who I am? When bad self-image comes upon you, you need to say to it, do you know who I am? I am a child of God. And because I am a child of God, I have the authority of a relationship with Him. So I rebuke you in the Name of Jesus, get out of my mind, get out of my house, get out of my family. There are some parents here that have children that are bound by drugs, pornography. You need to start taking authority in the Name of Jesus. He's given us the Word of God. That's what Jesus used against the enemy to take authority. He's given us the Name of Jesus. We see many times the moment the Name of Jesus is mentioned in Scripture, the enemy begins to tremble. Do you remember that song that was written that in the Name of Jesus, the enemy has to flee. It cannot be in the presence of God. Do you know who I am? I'm a child of God. I have the authority of the Name of Jesus. I have the authority of the power of the Holy Spirit at work within my life. Fear, you have no place anymore. I will dream dreams. I will take steps of faith. And when the enemy comes to try and pull you down, you say to that enemy, do you know who I am? Because of Jesus, I am a son, I am a daughter of God. You rebuke it in the Name of Jesus. We're gonna teach into authority this year. We're gonna take our authority to another level. Sickness, do you know who I am? You'll be strong because you will wait. You'll be strong because you will learn to endure. You'll be strong because of the authority of Christ. I wanna invite the band, let's stand together as a church. There are people at home today. God is gonna strengthen you. I see a person in their home. They're currently struggling with a work situation and that's what could come into your mind. The favour of God sits upon you. Be strong in Jesus' Name. Strength to strength. Father, we thank You. We're gonna learn to wait. We're gonna learn to endure. We're gonna learn and grow in the authority that You've given us. But if you're here today and and you wanna respond in this moment 
And the response is simply, God, I need you to strengthen me for what you've called me to do this year. Would you raise your hands? Father, strengthen your people. Father, strengthen your people. Holy Spirit, I just pray that as we learn to wait on You, Father, as we learn to to rely on You, to take on Your strength, to keep putting one step in front of the other, to know that You've given us authority, we will be strengthened by our God because it will not be about our strength. Your Word says that where we are weak, You are strong. Father, we thank You that in our weakness, in our humanness, in in, in what has crept in over the last two years, You will re-strengthen Your people. To go beyond where we once were, walking in a new season. So we wait on You. We wait on You. Father, as we fast over the next 21 days, We wait on You. The fasting is the active waiting. We wait on You. As we continue to be faithful in a journey that has felt tough and dry and different, we endure so we can go from strength to strength. Just feel there's people here that need to not Stop dreaming. Keep dreaming. God's going to strengthen you for His mission. He's given you those dreams because He's given you that purpose. Keep believing. Keep dreaming. Strength to strength. We thank You, Lord.